Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips about English, give you tips also about culture, about life, life in the United States, and how you can just talk about things naturally, give you tips about all sorts of things. Today, I want to talk about scammers and scams that you will run into in the United States. They try to scam Americans. They try to scam me. They try to scam everybody. It's nothing personal. It's just that, well, hey, if you got any money, people want to get it from you. So let's take a look into some of these fake businesses and let's see what we can do on, uh, well, on how you can avoid getting scammed in the long run. Now, we've got a saying in the United States. There's a really common saying in all of North America. It is that if it seems too good to be true, it is. If it seems too good to be true, it is too good to be true. You will many times get offers. Offers uh, people saying, send me $100 and you'll get tickets uh, for a cruise through the Caribbean, offers for free money, offers for an easy business that you can start up, offers for fantastic living accommodations in cheap places. And I'm sorry to tell you, but these may be scams sometimes. Now, I want to say, though, despite what you may hear on the news and what you hear from me, America is a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place to live, wonderful place to make a life for your family. Um, it's great overall. There's a lot of money going through there, so a great place to make money. However, there are a few bad apples out there making money with you. Now, a few bad apples. What am I talking about? Fruit? We hear this on the news sometimes as well. Bad apples. Some cops are bad apples. What? Why would you hire an apple to be a police officer? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Some people will refer to as apples. Bad apples. Well, a bad apple is someone who has bad intentions and will impact the people around them in like one way or another. You know, much like how one bad apple in a basket of apples will spoil the entire bunch. Well, a bad apple in society will spoil things in your neighborhood. And they make America, well, you know, a little bit tougher to get by in. But If you listen closely and take a few notes, today I'm going to give you three examples of these scams that you can start to watch for. You'll learn how to identify these bad apples and how you can avoid them at all costs. You don't want to get mixed up in those scams. Now, first off, what is a scam? A scam is a way of cheating somebody in order to get something from them. You know, you lie to somebody so that you can get them to give you money or uh, give you access to something. That's a scam. It's a lie. It's cheating. And frauds. Frauds are no better. Fraud is another word for fake. It's kind of synonymous. Fraudulent money. 
also known as counterfeit money. That's fake money. Uh, fraudulent Rolex. You know, people, they may try and sell you a fraudulent Rolex, a nice watch. Well, if it's fraudulent, it's not real. So today, we'll discuss different types of scams and frauds. And uh, next week, as well, actually, I'll have an interview with a student of mine who, uh, as a newcomer to America, has run into a number of these scams himself. And we'll see what he did in these situations. So that'll be next week, and it's going to be a fun one. But for now, let's consider a few scams that you want to watch out for starting today. And of course, we're going to see what words you can call these scams, how you can talk about them. And I would like to point out that the information I'm using today comes from my own personal experience, along with information found on the website USA.gov, an official United States government website. So, hey, they want you to know about these scams. I want you to know about these scams. Let's make sure you know about scams. Now, the first scam that I want to point out is one that I have personally seen in action. You see, in North America, we have a great website. It's called Craigslist, where you can find just about anything you need. You can find cars to buy. You can find job listings. You can find used goods, furniture, what have you. Pretty much anything that people need, you can find it on there, and it's all things that are in your area. So that's convenient. You look up your city, you find your neighborhood, and you say, hey, I can get a couch, you know, just down the street. This person's selling a couch for very cheap. Pretty good service, right? So this is a great website also for finding apartments to rent. It's one of the first places I usually check when I'm looking for an apartment to rent. And I was just looking for an apartment to rent in Toronto a few years ago. So I found an apartment. And it was right in the area of my university, and it was available. It was slightly cheaper than what I was currently paying, but it was twice the size and fully furnished. That is to say, it already had furniture provided, fully furnished, fully furnished. So I saw some pictures on there. They were beautiful. It was right beside a grocery store. Uh, everything I could need. I wouldn't even need to take the bus to get to school. I would just walk. It was so close to my university. It was great. So, who could pass up a deal like this, right? Especially a starving student. Well, I emailed the property owner to see what we could work out. Well, he got back to me, and I will read for you here how that conversation went, just so you can see how these people talk to you. He says, the apartment is still available. Everything is just like the pictures, fully equipped with all the appliances you need. Very clean and well-kept. I work as a civil engineer, and the company I work for has developed products all around the world. They moved me to the United Kingdom because they have a new project there. The apartment is vacant, so you can move in anytime you want. The rent of $870 a month is for the whole apartment and includes all the utilities. Heat, water, electricity, parking, laundry and suite, washer and dryer are also included. And also so is cable and internet. Now I gotta point out, 
this is considered a very good deal in Toronto, especially in the university areas. It's pretty good. It looks very tempting. You will have full access to all building amenities. Just in case repairs are needed, I will cover the cost. No worries. The price I'm asking is below the market because I want to find a responsible tenant to take good care of the place. Now let me cut in here for a second. I'm no detective, but this, to me, was looking a little suspicious. Okay, so he furnished his apartment. He bought new furniture. Then he lowered the price, and he didn't find a new tenant before leaving Canada? What? So he's even offering to pay for repairs. How the heck are you going to find a responsible university student who you've never met, who you can be sure will respect your property, which you're offering to pay repairs for? Are you serious? Okay, so I responded... I am indeed very interested and serious about renting this apartment. I'd very much appreciate an opportunity to view the unit if any time can be arranged. Folks, this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the Accent Training Podcast. If you haven't already, you don't want to miss a second of this Accent Training experience. And you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now. And he got back to me with, The company I work for moved me to the United Kingdom, and unfortunately there's a problem showing you the apartment at the moment, because I've already left Canada. The reason I haven't managed to rent the apartment before I had to leave for the United Kingdom is that someone said they would rent the apartment and haven't managed to keep that promise. I waited for him, but unfortunately, he didn't manage to get the money on time. So, the transaction failed and I had to leave before managing to rent it. Obviously, this brought me huge inconvenience. Now, at the end of the day, this guy did not get a penny out of me. He sent me a picture of his passport, which he said was from Calgary. But English was clearly not his first language. I mean, I actually edited his email a little bit because the grammar, I I didn't want to read bad grammar, but I'm not making fun of his grammar, but I'm saying he had a passport that said born in Calgary, but his grammar was not that of an English speaker. That was just clear to me. So that stood out. He also wanted me to send him the first and last month's rent or rather send it to his lawyer, and his lawyer would supposedly then drop off the keys with me and let me see the apartment. Now, I can guarantee you, you will run into scams of this nature in any American city. When you're renting an apartment, there are a couple things I'd like you to remember. First, if there are no pictures in the posting, it's a scam. Just go to the next one down the list. Think about it. Who, in their right mind, wouldn't show off the cozy house that they're trying to rent? A scam artist, that's who. Secondly, if the homeowner does not permit you to see the apartment before moving in, or even before you pay them, it's a scam. 
You know, you got to try it before you buy it. That goes with everything. You got to try it before you buy it. Say that with me now. You got to try it before you buy it. Keep that in mind and you'll, you'll avoid getting ripped off. So Craigslist, a great website to take care of your needs. I'm not, I'm not saying that Craigslist is no good. Craigslist is fantastic. But be cautious. There are people trying to take you for a ride. And hey, there's a good idiom there actually. Take you for a ride. Take you for a ride, that is to say to cheat someone. Or to scam someone. To obtain things unfairly. So on Craigslist, I was almost taken for a ride, but I said, no, sir. And I got out of there. Another scam I'd like to talk to you about today is pyramid schemes. Now, many people have heard of these, and many people have seen friends or family buy into them and pay greatly. To those of you who are not familiar, let me explain these a little bit for you. Because in the United States, you will be invited to a sales meeting of one of these. And these salespeople are incredibly persuasive. So they invite you in, they show you some, some revolutionary new product. And they explain to you that by selling this product personally, you can earn commission and get a few bucks on the side. All you gotta do is make a $500 investment today and you can become a sales representative for this product right away. Now, as far as job interviews go, I would much rather just pay $500 to get a job than suffer through another job interview process. I hate job interviews. They're so stressful. And considering it's something on the side of your job, you know, you feel like, oh, sure, you can easily get that $500 back in no time. And maybe you can if you're a good salesperson. Maybe you can. But, though it doesn't stop there, when you recruit somebody new, they're now registered under you as a team member. And then if you recruit two friends, you double that. So you can then make commission off of the sales of each of those friends. Well, those friends go out and recruit more friends because they want commission and you get a piece of that commission. And then those friends recruit more friends and, and two more friends and they just keep on going down. Two friends recruit two friends and two friends recruit two friends. And bam, you made $10 million in commission before the end of the year. What do you know? You can buy your mother that island she's always wanted with a Ferris wheel and a giraffe. What they don't mention is that exponential growth like this isn't sustainable because by the ninth level, your team includes your entire city. And your entire city is all trying to sell each other the exact same product again and again and again. It doesn't make any sense. The only people really making money off of this are those at the top. Those people are the bad apples. They cash out. They just they take their money and they run to another country before anybody catches wind of what they're doing. Catches wind. What's that? Anybody catches wind of what they're doing? It's to say before anybody notices. Before anybody notices what they're doing. 
Now, with that said, not every pyramid scheme is malevolent. Not every pyramid scheme is evil and trying to steal money. Some do have an honest product that really can help people or which is truly useful to people. Personally, I like this one for aromatherapy. They sell these oils. They release a beautiful scent. I use them. I got some going right now. They're from a pyramid scheme, but they're great. Like they smell nice and they pick me up. I put them on. I start working 6, 7 a.m. Essential oils all day and I feel good. I like them. So I'm saying these oils, you know, they're great, but this is a pyramid scheme nonetheless. As harmless as they may be, they are an organization where current investors recruit new investors to profit from them. And that kind of meets the definition of a pyramid scheme. You can see it even because they show you one person and then they'll show you two people and then four people. All you got to do is just draw a little triangle around that and you can see the pyramid. It's, it's pretty, that's why, that's where the name comes from. But they all try and say, no, no, this isn't a pyramid scheme because we have a real product. But the fact is, no, the real product is just the wheels of the pyramid scheme. It's just the you know, fancy thing to show. It's what keeps it growing. But it is a pyramid scheme. And that's okay. Not, they're not all bad. It's a nice little side hustle. It's not a bad thing. But just do your research, you know. Before you give anybody your money or before you uh, devote your time to something, do your research first. Now, our next scam is a really fun one. This is a good old IRS scam. Now, the IRS, this is the tax man. This is the tax collection agency in the United States. If you don't pay your taxes, you're going to get an email from the IRS. But the thing is, this email that you'll get from the IRS, you'll be able to tell it's legitimate. It'll take you to a government website. Uh, there it'll be legitimate. You'll know the IRS email when you get it because you didn't pay your taxes and you knew you didn't pay your taxes. And I mean, you know, pay your taxes. We all got to do it. But sometimes bad apples, again, more of these bad apples, they'll be posing as IRS agents. They will call you and they will do this. You're going to get a call every once in a while if you have an American phone number and they'll say I'm from the IRS and you owe $2,000 on your taxes there's a warrant for your arrest if you don't pay these $2,000 immediately you will be arrested you will spend time in prison for tax fraud you owe $2,000 on your taxes this is suspicious because the IRS isn't going to call you and tell you immediately how much you owe they need to confirm your information they there's a lot more to it than that your tax information uh, they don't just put it out there for everybody to know you know, because what if your son answers the phone? What, do they just start telling him how much money you owe in taxes? No, that's ridiculous. They, they can't confirm it, right? So the IRS is not going to call you and just immediately drop a number and say, you owe this much money. There's more of a process to it than that. Trust me, it's more painful. But the, they give you a way out. 
They give you a way out. They say, if you can make a payment immediately, immediately of $2,000, we want you to pay $2,000. All you've got to do is go to your nearest department store and upload $2,000 onto various iTunes gift cards and then call me back at this number immediately and give me the information of these iTunes gift cards. They'll tell you something along the lines of that. It's silliness. Why would the IRS want you to pay them with iTunes gift cards? Like, is that where our taxes go towards? Just iTunes? Is that what they're doing with our money? They're just buying iTunes? No, of course not. They're building roads. They're building schools and hospitals. They're not, uh, they're not spending it all on iTunes. That's ridiculous. So, if you get a call and you have somebody, they may even know your first name, you know, because, hey, that kind of information may be out there with your phone number. If you get a call and it says, I'm the IRS and uh, you owe us money, just hang up. Just hang up. They're just going to try and scare you. They're going to, you know, they're going to try and scare you into giving them money. Don't, don't, do not give them your money. It's just not worth it. Well, I'm going to make another episode about this same kind of thing in the future because, hey, these are some good tips, aren't they? I literally, I've, by making this, I've saved people hundreds or thousands of dollars because I can guarantee you somebody would have tried to get you. You're going to see one of these scams at some point if you haven't already. And now you know what to do. Just tell them, hit the road, Jack. Hit the road. I'm not, I'm not into this. I don't want it. That's what I have to say on the matter. That's what I have to say about this scam situation today. So, I hope that you have taken something away from this podcast today because, well, I'm happy to share this information with you. I think that... This is something that you need to know, and feel free to let your family know. At the description of this podcast, I'm going to attach a link to that USA.gov website where you, if you want some more information, feel free to take a look there. And, uh, you know, it's a public service that is letting you know how you can avoid being scammed. You want to avoid being scammed. Trust me. You work hard for your money. We all work hard for our money. I'm here right now working hard for no money. Just working hard. And at the end of the day, I don't want to lose anything that I got, and neither do you. So, hold on to your money. I'll hold on to mine. Let's not get scammed. Well, you'll be hearing much more from me again next week, Tuesday and Thursday. Next Tuesday and next Thursday. You'll be hearing from me. And as previously mentioned, Tuesday you are most certainly in for a treat as I'm going to have an interview with a fascinating guest of mine. He is going to talk a little bit about, you know, his experience coming to the U.S., times where people have tried to scam him. I've got a couple of questions for him about that. So we will uh, get back to you next week with that, and I'll see you then. Have a good one.